welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirls party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face mask and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Kay Muse. I'm CL Kita. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have a monthly episode we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. It's a great place to chat with us about recent dramas and what we're watching. The link is in our show notes. So this is kind of a surprise cozy chat that we're doing because we didn't know we were going to be doing cozy chat till like an hour ago. Um, so we were trying to decide what our topic was going to be because, you know, undis- it was not planned. <laughs> and we are like, well, are we watching any dramas, at both of us? And I think the only one we're both watching is uh, the the King... The more eternal empire or um, emperor. Um, I think so. I think it's so. Been, we're a little bit of a drama drought. Things yeah. are about to start picking up, but right now I think that's all we're watching together. Yeah. And we're already doing that as a podcast for the blog or for the podcast, which means that that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks, our final podcast for that. So we can talk about that. And so we decided we're just going to split it in half and talk about the two dramas we are watching. And so I'm going to be talking about Dinner Mate, because that is the only current K-drama I am watching today. And then, Sialkita, you're going to be talking about Oh My Baby, which is what you are currently watching. And so you get a two-for-one from us. So we're going to kind of, you know, just compare, contrast our experiences so far, just you know, meander through our conversations. And so we'll see how this turns out since it was kind of just a spur of the moment thing. But we do have these two great dramas that we're both watching. So we'll see how it goes. So let's talk about Oh My Baby. It stars Jane Nara and she is the biggest workaholic. She is an editor for a baby magazine, but she's single. She hasn't dated anybody in like a decade. No kids. And the closest she is to a baby is her male best friend, Opa, that she grew up with, ends up moving next door because he got a divorce. Um, So she works for this magazine, and in the course of her time working at this magazine, she starts realizing that her clock is ticking. She wants a baby. So she's decided she's going to do this on her own. She's going to have a baby by herself. But that's not looked on really well in Korea. And she's running into a lot of roadblocks and a lot of judgmental. People are, are not really thinking that this is something that she should do. But during this time, she realizes that she's got a couple of baby daddy candidates. She's got her best friend, guy friend, who now lives in the same house as her. She has reconnected with a person that um, she really liked before, and he's a photographer at her um, newspaper magazine right now. And there's a younger man the new face in the office. He's cute. He's kind of wet behind the ears and so adorable. 
and he's got lots of sperm. <laughs> so, which is what you want. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's what this, that's what this whole story is about is she is 39 years old and she wants to have a baby, but her eggs are old. And it really it talks a lot about infertility and the struggles that people go through. And it's kind of in your face and in a good way. I mean, this is something that we don't talk about a lot. And it's kind of refreshing for me to watch something with a, a grown-up theme for somebody around my age to see that romance isn't always the 19-year-old meeting in college. Sometimes it's you realize that you've left your best part of your life behind you and you want to try something new. That sounds really cool. And I know that there was some great discussion when we wrote um, the first impressions for the blog. Um, there was a lot of Twitter discussion about, you know, how almost misogynistic the the area she is, like the workforce, as well as just the people around her where it's like, well, you can't have a baby alone. You can't raise a kid alone. And yet you look at all of these divorced women that are very prevalent around and, oh, well, it's okay if they raise their kids alone. But, you know, to have someone just decide, well, I want to have a baby and I don't have a baby daddy right now is so taboo. It was really interesting to have people talk about that. Oh, it's it's definitely worth watching to see how she gets around all of the rules and regulations and the Judy judgers. Um, but anyway, I can talk about that more later. Tell me about <laughs> Dinner Mate. So Dinner Mate is a drama about a young woman played by Seo Ji Hai, who is the actress, second lead girl from Crash Landing in Love. Um, and she's going through a rough break breakup with a longtime boyfriend that she's had. She oh, goes... Wait, 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 wait. This is the Crash Landing second couple, isn't it? Yes, yes. He, <gasps> Kim Jong-kun okay. plays a cameo as her long-term boyfriend at the very beginning in episode one. And they've been together and she's given up a lot for him. You know, it's like, well, I'll give up all of these dreams of being fancy and rich and all this and just settle for a good relationship. And so she thinks everything's going fine. He owns a restaurant in, on Jeju Island and he sends her a picture of a wedding ring and then, like, makes some excuses, blah, blah, blah. But she thinks, oh, he's going to propose. So she goes for her weekend to Jeju Island thinking he's going to propose. She does this cute little thing where she's videotaping the whole, like, trip to there and having people around her give them congratulations because she wants this memory to last and so she'll have, like, the person sitting next to her, which ends up being our leading man. And then, like, the um, airline stewardess is one of the ones that does a congratulations on the special day kind of thing that she records. And she gets there, and her boyfriend is in the current middle of proposing to the airline stewardess that, <gasps> yeah, yes. No. 
and he had accidentally sent her the picture of the ring that he had bought for the other woman and was like blowing it off. And he just hadn't gotten the balls up to break up with her yet. And so she, of course, is devastated, but does it like beats the crap out of him, of course, which he totally deserves and is somewhat pretty classy, like leaving. And at the same time, our leading man is Song Seung Hyun. Hyun. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. I'm really horrible with certain names. And anyway, he is a therapist who uses food as a way of therapy to deal with his clients. Like if they need a pick-me-up or if they're depressed, he'll use foods that he knows will increase certain um, chemical reactions to help with um, deal with their issues. And so he's meeting a client there at the restaurant that her boyfriend dumped her at. And so they keep having these really weird meet cutes just constantly randomly happenings where, you know, they don't plan to meet up, but it fate just intervenes. And usually I would roll my eyes, but they're really quite cute. They're really somehow the actors really pull them off. You know, it does feel very um very organic. It doesn't feel like, oh, the director and the writer are just screwing with us, you know? And so they meet so often accidentally that they decide that they're going to become dinner mates. They don't know each other's name. They don't want to like have like a real relationship or anything or like romance or anything like that. Um, but they're going to randomly meet together to have dinner because they keep meeting accidentally anyway. And so it's obviously fate that they hang out. And so they get together and call each other their dinner mates. So they plan these various dinners. And through these dinners, they discuss their past lives, their loves, you know, not specific terms and names or anything, but how these um, past relationships have really affected their lives and how they deal with romance and with each other and with um, you know, like family, just the whole shebang. And so it's a really great mix of just kind of unexpected comedy with really down to earth topics. And so it's so much fun, lots of great food, lots of great eating together. And I just am really enjoying it. Well, it sounds super fun. I love dramas that revolve around food. It always makes me hungry and I have to eat while I watch them. So what made us start these dramas? I know that for me, 99% of the time when I start a drama, it's due to peer pressure. And it typically means that somebody else watched it or saw a teaser and they're like, all right, we're watching this. So Jenny um, pulled me in on this drama geek said, hey, let's watch this. I said, no, I don't think so. And she (laughs) said, no, let's watch this. And I said, no. Okay. So that's how I got started watching um, Oh My Baby. 
And for me, um, I think it was just desperation because I, this last grouping of dramas, I've seriously hit like a drama wall where just nothing was working for me. Um, I was watching The King Eternal Monarch with all of you guys, which I was actually a fun experience. Um, so I had that one, but it was almost over. And uh, Hospital Playlist, I also was really, really enjoying, but that one also was concluding very quickly. And uh, so I was kind of like, okay, you know, what am I going to do? There's nothing new. Nothing is clicking with me and so anyway um i believe it was the maknae she was like oh well i'm over here on this chinese streaming site watching dinner mate and i'm like why is it on a chinese streaming site that's a little bit weird because again um i don't even know how to pronounce this it's uh i q i y i so however you would pronounce that, but it's like I said a Ike or something. Is it Ike or Ichi or I don't it's something know. like that. Um but anyway, it's a streaming site out of Hong Kong who has started streaming Chinese dramas. And it's actually one of the bigger ones. It'd be the equivalent of like Kokoa for K dramas. Um and so they've been streaming all these Chinese dramas, and I've watched Chinese dramas on the site before. Uh, usually they have a certain amount of them for free and then you have to pay to see like a week or two in advance, like the, the extras, you know? And so dinner mate was on there and I was like, Oh, okay, well I can watch the two free. And so I started it and it's like, huh, this is very different. This is kind of interesting. I really, really like Soji Hai. She's kind of an amazing actress. And so I continued with it. And four episodes in, I'm like, I am so hooked. And so I've been watching it ever since. And I'm actually like pretty much sub-stalking, like very excited about watching this drama. So, yep. Um, so I think it's interesting that both of these dramas have actors that we are not normally huge fans of. Um, I can't even think of a drama I've really enjoyed Song Song Hyun in since Oh My Princess, like, what was that, 2008 maybe, 2007? Like, it's been a long, long time since I've really enjoyed anything he's been in. Um, he tends to be like a real over-the-top actor for me. I don't really, like, he's like stiff but over-the-top a lot of times, if that makes sense. But yeah. for some reason, this director is just like totally clicking. It's like watching a completely different man. He's charming. He has personality. It's coming across. There's no stiff, weird, buggy eye moments. It is like totally working for me. Well, I am kind of well known for not being the biggest Jang Nara fan. She has a tendency to play a lot of roles where she does a lot of crying. And she's and cutesy. It's cutesy crying. <laughs> it's cutesy. And she simpers. And I can't deal with it. So I'm, I have a really hard time watching her because I always look at her and I think you're about 
my age and it's time for you to stop acting like you're 20. And I realized that's cute. I realized that's the thing. So I was really hesitant when Drama Geek was like, watch this. I'm like, no. And she goes, watch it. And I said, okay. So <laughs> I have to admit I, that's the reason that I'm really hesitant too. I liked no. her in Last Empress, but all other, every other drama, I just really don't enjoy her much. So I went into Last Empress kicking and screaming, remember? And I didn't, mm-hmm. and I stopped and started it like 10 times because I'm like, oh my gosh, she needs a spine. And I realized she's just acting. But this drama, she is competent. She is matter of fact. And she's very, like, it's it's not, I can't even believe it's the same actress. And that's how I, I feel like, about my guy, too. It's like they're completely two different people. They just look alike. And, and I feel like some of this could be um, directing which we'll talk about later, I feel like that she has, um, because I can't help but compare to, um, oh, what's the drama with Jane Cook? Um, The one where they meet and... Oh, the Fated to Love You or Fated to Love. love. Okay. So I watched that and I wanted to like it, but she kept doing this little thing and always crying and I couldn't deal with it. And I was like, oh, please, 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 please. And then, so I started watching this and she is like the grown up version of that character. She's like, you know what? Things didn't work out. I'm not going to just sit here and cry. It sucks. And I'm going to go have me a baby. If I have to go get a popsicle pop, I will. <laughs> and and I just, I, I love the fact that for once she is in control. And she seems like she's in control. And she's going to save herself. And again, I think some of this is the directing. And I think some of it's just the roles that she's had before but I am not interested in watching a drama where the heroine cries all the time and has to be saved every five minutes. I'm just not, which is why I get frustrated with some of these. I can't do it. Can't deal with it. And, um, and I get in trouble all the time for that because people are supposed to be able to be weak, but you don't just lay on the floor and cry all the time. So yeah, anyway, but moving on, (laughs) um, (laughs) The directing. So let's talk about the directing. Is it anything special? Again, I think that the choices that the director has made for Oh My Baby have been what keep everything moving forward and what keep the characters interesting. Um, We have a setting that there's several settings, actually, but we have, you know, an office setting and we have a home setting. And then because one of her love interests is a photographer, they go and they are on um, different um, trips to go and get pictures. And I feel like the director is focusing on, 
on showing us the inner struggles of these characters. So instead of just, oh, it's a romance, and who's she going to pick? And it's a love triangle, a love quadrangle. It's, <laughs> it's not even that. It's, it's more of why does society do this to people? Why do we do this to ourselves? And... What is really, what does happiness really mean to people? And I just, I love the fact that I keep, I'm interested. I like the fact that I'm mad that they're not subbing it fast enough because it was posted a couple of days ago and it wasn't fully subbed a few hours ago. So um, that's frustrating. It is. So tell me about your drama. What about the directing? So I am currently, like, so in love with the directing in this show. Um, as you know, rom-coms tend to be pretty typical. There's not a lot of, like, surprises or anything. But the way the director takes the comedic moments, and he just lets them run run time-wise. Like, you know, a lot of times it'll be physical comedy, and you'll get your scene and cut. You know what right. I mean? And with him, he'll take like two, three minutes, like setting up this long physical comedy moment and is just truly funny. And you think it's going to be over and he keeps extending it. There's this one scene where our psychiatrist is helping one of his patients uh, played by uh, Sandra Park from 21. So she does a wonderful cameo. And um, she plays, I believe it was an idol, and she has problems just eating in front of people because people are always judging what she's eating, what she's doing. You know, so she's so fearful to eat that she's just having some psychological issues with it because of just the way people judge actresses and idols when they eat anything. And so he says the first step is just to eat. And so he, it goes through this whole scene where he's like getting geared up. It looks like he's getting geared up for surgery, him and his um, side or like his receptionist. But really, they're just getting completely geared up to cook her a meal in the office. And so it's like five minute scene of them just doing these excessive cooking, dramatic, over the top you know, moments of chopping and moments of like trying to flick the oysters out of the shells and all these great things so that they could kick this poor woman a meal. Um, so she could just eat without anyone judging her. And it was just such a funny, great moment. And it really sticks in your head and just the music and everything just coordinated to make this great moment that you could do the same thing and like, cut it into a 30 second segment and you'd get the idea. But the fact that he elongated it and it just kept going on and on and it just like gave you that extra time to contemplate it and get those feels. And it made the scene so much more sensitive than if it was just done like, Oh, look at him. He's washing up and he's really cooking and not doing surgery. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think it sounds fun. It just sounds, uh, actually, I wouldn't mind somebody coming and just cooking for me so that I didn't I have know. to have people judge me while I ate. 
Or so. there's this other scene that comes to mind with the main girl, and she's just in her bedroom, and he had won her this giant, like, five-foot penguin. Of course penguin. Which was a whole nother funny scene. But he won her this penguin, and she's just, just feeling really happy. And so she starts dancing around her room and singing a trot song into her hairbrush to this penguin. And it was just such a great scene because you could just feel the happiness coming off of her over having this great experience with this dinner maid of hers. And it just said so much more than if they had said the words, you know, because they could have said, oh, she's happy. And I really had a great evening with him. You know, but instead they had this great scene of dancing and singing and brought everything together. And it just really hit. Uh, It's so good. So well directed. So directing is only like a third of why a drama works. The other part is like the storytelling aspect or the writing of the drama. So are these dramas anything new and are there any inventive aspects to them quirks um i (laughs) i did not know this but i guess my drama is actually a adaption of a webtoon and i hear that they are changing things for the drama i don't know i have not read the webtoon um but i do like that it does have that extremely layered depth that you often get from webtoons when they're put into dramas where the characters really feel like they have purpose meaning and that there's reasons for their feelings and everything so I'm really enjoying that and just the storytelling there's a lot of like traditional old k-drama storytelling in this but they have managed to like surprise me with some of the unique story arcs that are, and you get a lot of like the side character story arcs as well as just our leads. So I'm really enjoying that. I think that for me, the storytelling is the fact that this is a story that they don't tell. Um, it's, it's new, it's fresh. It's, um, You know, we see dramas all the time where the mother gets remarried and the kid goes to an orphanage or you have um, they lose touch completely with a parent. And the culture there is very much mom and dad and child. And it's it gets kind of confusing when mom and dad aren't together and you just don't see a lot of single parents to begin with. So. For her to choose, to voluntarily choose to raise a child alone, knowing that she's going to get side-eye for the rest of her life, and her kid is going to have all sorts of different questions and issues because he only has his mom, it's a really big deal. This This is a story that I haven't seen before, and I'm really curious. Now, we know... It's not going to end with her being a single parent. We know this. The yeah. whole she's got three baby daddies, and one of them is going to stick. <laughs> and he's going to be—he's going to be perfect. Thank you for laughing. So, so we have to. So we know that in that way, it's not going to be new. She's not really going to be a single mom. But I love the fact that they're talking about the struggles 
that a single woman would go through to have a baby. And what happens when you don't meet a quality man that you can marry happens if one or both of you can't have kids. So the stigma that's attached to um, artificial insemination is is definitely something that we don't hear about a lot. So now that I've talked about all the serious stuff, let's talk about romantic comedy and the serious ratio. On Oh My Baby, we have a pretty good mix. Um, she's got three hot guys, different ages, different professions. She's got a lot of picks for a baby daddy. Um, and if she's choosing to go the old-fashioned way, I don't see where she can go wrong here. She has, um, I can't remember their names, but it's the friend from, because this is my first, because this is my first life, and he is playing a, um, her best, one of her best friends, and he's a pediatrician, and he has an adorable little girl that she could easily be a mom to ready-made family right there um she has the um fiery priest gangster is the the main contender in my opinion he's hot and he's so hot he's so hot and whoever decided to give him a leading role as a romantic interest god bless you and then we have the little puppy from um oh my gosh what's he from oh <gasps> Oh, who is it? Who is it? It is. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Jane, I know he's been around. Jengun Jews. Who, who is. Okay. Anyway, all I know is he is adorable. Like, if you're looking for a younger man with lots of dimples and height and like the perfect body ratio, boom, there he is. <laughs> so we have all of our comedy in the fact that. These three men have formed a bromance. You know, they're they're all at some level interested in her, and they realize that the three of them are on the short list. So that's our comedy relief. Our comedy relief is she just needs to pick one. Um, and I, I think that with this serious topic of infertility and single parenthood, it really balances it out. And it does it in a way that doesn't detract from the fact that she wants a baby and it's okay for her to want a baby. So it's just the whole matter of it's, it's who's going to be the dad. Yeah. Um, we actually, I love that these two dramas are actually very similar, even though they're different topics, but they both have like the serious aspect to the comedy, which I kind of enjoy. Um, mine also has the wonderful comedy, of course, with these chance meet cutes where they are constantly meeting through these cute situations. Um, there's this great scene where, they had separated on Jeju Island and determined never to see each other again. And he, he says, well, if this blah, 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 trot singer ever gets first uh, place on the charts, that's when we're going to meet again. Like, you know, just being over the top, this will never happen. So we're never going to meet again. 
or if that happens, we're going to meet at this, um, this coffee place or whatever it was. Um, and then there's like a massive, um, hack into the systems and all of the idols were bumped off of the, the top of the charts. And so this like 60 year old trot singer suddenly had his number one hit, you know, so they had to meet. And so there were these wonderful com comedic meet cutes, but at the same time you have their extreme baggage that they have from their past first romances to deal with. And of course, both of these characters that they had their first loves with are back in the picture and wanting to get back together. And they have reasons, but, you know, they went about it very selfishly. It was very noble stupidity kind of thing. And, and you just don't. And now they want to get back together. And the two main couple or people are, you know, they're tempted, of course, but it's like, you really screwed me over. You blocked me from your life. There is no conversation and you just decided our relationship for us. And you, you know, this isn't going to work. And so they have these, this extreme baggage. I mean, both of them had these really long relationships that just ended horribly and scarred them. And so you have them dealing through all of this baggage, just, not only separately, but together, you know, they discuss it at their dinners. They discuss how hurt they were and, you know, how stupid it would be of them to go back with these people, even though they are tempted because there are unresolved feelings. And so there's most of the serious topics are these relationships that they just had this horrible, um, this horrible experiences that they're trying to get through and neither of them are quite ready to trust in love again and trust that these dinners they have are maybe more than just friendship dinners, you know, which is what they're saying. And so it's a great, really great combo of the two, even though you do have to deal with some of the stupidity of second leads that can be annoying. Um, so anyway, I'm really enjoying the ratio. It really works for me so far. And uh, another thing that's really working for me are side characters. And again, I think because this is a webtoon, they definitely filled out the side characters maybe a little bit more than we do when it's just a traditional drama. Um, two of my favorites, we have uh, E.G. Wan, who is Jennifer from 13, but 17. I and love her. She is so wonderful. And she is beyond spectacular in this show. She's the main girl's boss. And she runs this um, where they do a lot of the web, web stuff. Like, you know, they had take videos of people eating or take videos of people playing video games. You know, all of the stuff that our kids like look up on YouTube, which is just... Hey. Like, and it's so funny because it's so, it's done in like all of these offices and stuff. And it's not just this organic thing at somebody's house, which is what it is in my mind. But they have all of these elaborate studios where all these people are doing their various things and they're filming it. And so this is the woman's life as she films all these things, all these like quirky little fetishes for niche people. <laughs> um like eat Jen. Yes, yes, yes. Like it, it's totally crazy. 
And um, the main girl is one of the um, behind the scenes directors of these segments. So she'll like have like, you know, drinking and then we're going to discuss feelings and emotions or, you know, all of these weird little segments that she does, um, which are really great. And so there's just a lot of quirkiness and humor that comes with that kind of profession. And it's just a really great role for her. I'm loving it. She, it looks like she might be getting her own um, romance arc with a um, local homeless man who seems to have more to his story than just being homeless. He's kind of like fancy homeless, I guess is a good way. He likes doing these elaborate tea sippings and, you know, he's very fancy for a homeless person. (laughs) And, um, and also we have an LBGTQ character, which is always interesting when that happens. And it's even more interesting that he has an actual story arc and he's on a non-cable station. Uh, this is done on NBC and usually they are not as pro pushing the box when it comes to the gay and lesbians and all that kind of stuff. And so it's really interesting to see that there is, they are delving into the story of this boy who is gay and he has relationships and he's not accepted by his family. And so it's a nice little side story arc that was unexpected. So. Sounds like it. Um, Sounds really interesting. My, um, oh, my baby, the side characters are, it's, it's an office. She's in an office setting. So you have a lot of the people that she works with, but one of the characters that has just reached out and grabbed me is her boss, the editor of, um, the magazine is an older woman. Um, by older, I mean, she's late thirties, early forties. Um, she has two children. Her youngest child is an infant and is ill. And she has to decide, you know, she's, she's trying to juggle being a mom and being an editor. And she gets a phone call from the daycare and her child hasn't had her blanket all week. She's had to use a borrowed blanket and, and she's, she's got mom guilt and she's trying to pump milk in a, a, a stock room. And she has to decide what she wants. You know, she can't be this high powered person in the workforce. Her boss won't let her. She works for a baby magazine and she's a mom and she, she can't be a mom and a professional, which I think is really interesting because so many people juggle that in real life. Um, so, so that really stood out to me. And then you have um, her friend that uh, that is living in her house right now because he is in the middle of a divorce and he's leaving his hospital work and he's setting up his own practice and and he's raising his daughter by himself. His ex-wife wants to show up for pictures for the baby's um, one year 
extravaganza. And he's like, we're not doing that. You're not going to show up and take pictures and then walk away again. And, and it's, it's just really interesting to see how parenthood and the theme of parenthood flows through this drama. And I won't give away all of all the little subplots, but just those two characters and their, their struggles just really resonated with me. Um, and side characters. So let's talk romance. Do we, <laughs> we love, do we, do we love our OTP or are they kind of annoying? So for me, there's only one real OTP to me, but I don't know what you would call it in, in, in like, K-pop, it would be a bias wrecker, um, but I don't know, the second lead. So in my opinion, photographer, um, hot photographer is, is the main, he's the main guy. He's going to get her, in my opinion. But pediatrician bestie is like, he keeps knocking this guy in the back of the leg. And, and poor little puppy that works at the office, he's, he's just down there. He's got good, he's got super sperm, but I don't think he's a real contender. But I will say that her interactions with um, the photographer are amazing because there are embarrassing moments, there are steamy moments, there are quiet moments. And I just love him. And I loved him in Fiery Priest. Don't you remember when we did all those recaps? And I was like, I want him. So I'm all about him. So even if it turns out that he's not the OTP, because he will be, I'm determined. But I, I am, I'm happy with that choice. I feel like that there's, there's a lot to work with there. Um. So this OTP, it's, it's still in its slow burn stage. Um, I'm definitely really enjoying them. They're so cute and there's going to be so much more story to tell. Uh, one aspect that they have is she, they don't know each other's name. They have no clue what each other's name is, which is leading to some confusion because they're currently in a email war because she's a producer of these, um, video things and he's supposedly a famous hot psychiatrist that she's trying to get to come on to one of her specials and they pretty much are just like screaming at each other online (laughs) but they don't know it's each other because of course they don't know each other's names you know so there's just all of this cute layered romance that's going to be so funny in the future um that surprisingly they have amazing chemistry. I'm really liking their chemistry. It's really cute. It's quirky. I can't wait to see them actually like make out. There's been some <laughs> I'm on fire and you put the fire out, but you had to smother me with your coat and now you're I'm on top of you moments which were steamy but didn't go anywhere because it was like, he's like, uh, you're a little heavy. (laughs) She was on fire. (laughs) But it's really cute. There's just like these great moments that you know 
are going to be great romance once it transitions into a more romantic thing. Um, and I really, really want them to realize each other's names because their fights online are just hilarious about how he's telling her he, she needs a psychiatrist and she's telling him that he's uh, like a has-been hack and all this stuff. I mean, they're not holding back when they're insulting each other online. And so it's going to be really hilarious someday when all this comes out. So I'm really enjoying the romance. I'm really hoping it transitions from quirky romance to really steamy romance at some point. So cross fingers. Um, so that's all going great. And unfortunately, the second leads are still there. Like both of their first loves have come back into the picture with supposed excuses to justify their horrible behavior. And I have to admit, the second leads aren't working as much for me. Um, it's very much the typical, I love you, but I did it for your own good, and now you have to take me back because I love you and we're meant to be. Both of them are like that, and it's just kind of like, oh, my word, die, you know. <laughs> And so second leads aren't working as much for me. How about you? How are your second leads or your double second leads? I don't know. Like with your, yeah. your rectangle, so, I don't know how that goes. Yeah. So my, my little quadrangle is, is definitely, um, it's going. So like I said earlier, the, the office puppy, he's cute, but I don't think he really, he, he likes the idea that, you know, he's really healthy and yeah. he's capable. He's, he has he's super just, sperm. And, and like, like, how do you even find out you have super sperm? Like, well, did he go get he tested? Had a physical, hello. He had and physical. the doctor was just all like, your sperm, wink, wink, they're winners. <laughs> well, basically, that's what happened. He's got like twice the amount of swimmers. That other so people did he do. just go announce it in the like the the office or something? Like, how does that get she, out? She saw his report. Uh-huh. So she saw his report, and when she, because she went and got a physical at the same time, so she could see his report. Oh, that's and, awkward. Um, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> Because everybody like, has to go have So them. you don't really love me, you just want my penis and swimmers. <laughs> so but but he is enamored with the whole Nuna. You know, he so it's, he it's where be, he wants to have a cougar and be her little boy toy. Sort of. Like, you know, he he likes her. She's she's pretty. I mean, she's beautiful and he likes her and he likes this idea that, you know, he could be the one. Um, And I already said something about um, her friend who's the pediatrician. He just needs to get his life together. He he really needs to get his life together. Like he's the kind of guy that's wearing clothes for days on end and. And um, it seems like maybe he's not ready to be in a new romance yet. He's he's not ready for he's he's just starting to embrace life. He's a really good dad. He's goofy. But and that's what he has going for him. 
But hey, the, the, I think that it was a bit much having three contenders for her, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess we could lodge that as a complaint that I have. I feel like they really could have done this well with her having just the main lead and the second lead. She didn't um, eat I'm the sure puppy a, with his great swimmers. <laughs> I honestly, I don't think that they needed the puppy with his great swimmers. And unless they're going to have him, you know, donate further down the line, I, I, he's, he's really, they're setting it up to where it feels like he may have a different love interest as the mm-hmm. story goes on. Which I would be fine with, but... um, Well, and really, you could combine him with either of the other two men, the whole situation with the extra sperm and everything. I mean, that could easily have been smushed in with another of the the leads. Now, I'm not complaining about the eye candy. I'm definitely not (laughs) complaining about the eye candy. The eye candy is amazing, but I do feel like it's superfluous... For them to well, have, you know, the he's not really an option. I mean, no. when it, just from what you've been telling me, he's not really an option. You know, it, you know, it's it's one of those where it, it would be like, if, yeah, it's just he's 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 cute and he's really there more for comedy than he is as a contender, mm-hmm. and I. I guess I'm. If that's my biggest complaint, then that's good. Yeah, I think for me, my biggest complaint, again, as I said, the second leads, it is very 2010 story arc with them, um, with them being both very selfish and thinking just of themselves and then showing up and expecting their due romance. You know, it definitely has that old-fashioned feel um i thinking let's eat and drinking solo it's it from what you're describing it's making me think of those dramas it's not as much as enjoyable as the food is it's not as focused in on the food um i mean it's an aspect but it's more of the um the aspect of enjoying eating out with friends with good places good food um, but it's not the food porn that we get with those kind of shows. Okay. Um, so it anyway, had some selfish characters too. So I was just, yeah, I was kind of yeah. curious. It, it feels more like the selfish characters of like, if you think of like lie to me or, um, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones way back then, you know, the ones where it's like, they're pretty, they're rich, they're entitled, they had one small blip in their lives and suddenly it's like, and now you need, I need to go away for your own good, but I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm going to come back like 10 years later, you know? And so it's just, so it's definitely something that we've seen before. It can be frustrating, especially when they start getting all very cat fighty. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if they stay with that or if they're going to kind of emerge them into a more layered character further up. Because we're just at the point where they've decided they want their exes back kind of thing. 
you know, so we haven't gotten to the part where they're all in the know and interacting as much anymore yet. So we'll see how they deal with that aspect of the show. And so maybe it won't be as annoying as it is now, but right now it's kind of annoying. So I'm going to have to let you watch more of this before I, I go (laughs) navigating that new site to try, because I don't typically finish those kind of dramas where like I never, I never watched lie to me. I, I, you know how I am. I get, I'm like, Nope. Not doing it. So well, I'll um, continue watching because there is a chance that they will have more layers um, because they did have reasons. Whether they're good reasons or not, I am not completely convinced. So we'll see how it goes. Well, this is why peer pressure works for me <laughs> and letting you guys watch and tell me if I should watch works yes. really well. Well, and so- I'll also, we might, um, Drama Geek and I are discussing on sharing an account for that. Since we have so many streaming accounts, we might both pitch in for that. So we'll we'll let you know. <laughs> that would be lovely. Well, well now that the, the it looks like they're going to have more than just this K-drama, they're going to have the um, Ji Chang Wook one. You know, they're getting K-dramas that I'm going to want to watch. And so it's like, uh, I'm not sure I can wait an extra week until the new episodes come out, you know, and so we'll see. Yeah, it's, you know, so many of these different streaming sites. I, I, I'm just going to say it. I still rest in peace, drama fever. <laughs> I, I just, I, I miss having a good site where we could go watch things. This whole yeah. having to go chasing chasing different sites to watch dramas. God bless them for subbing it, but can it's, we make this easier somehow? <laughs> Although so, I will say I'm still very pro all the money that Netflix puts into production to make these even better dramas, you know, or at least visually better. So well, I'm really enjoying that aspect. And and I am totally appreciating that, and I'm appreciating the fact that they have added. They keep adding content. Yes. So a lot of the old drama fever shows are starting to show up on Netflix. And did you see that The Witch Part One I is on did. Netflix? I oh my did. word! I'm so excited. Yes. Oh, I'm, I may have to like watch it and then go back and look at our review no, and see I if I have different need- thoughts. I think we need to make Drama Geek and K-Drama Gen watch it with us and then do a podcast about it. Because I think it might be too violent for the other two. Oh, no. The other two are pretty violent. Um, But we need to make them watch it and then we can review it for the podcast. I think that would be a lot of fun. So now our listeners have got to see what it's really like when we have a cozy chat and we get totally (laughs) off subject. Yeah, this is valuable information. It is. So, so now all our listeners know, go watch this, The Witch, part one. And um, it's an amazing movie. It's a movie over on Netflix. And I believe it's in Netflix Asia as well as Netflix here. So go watch it. We'll, I'm committing now that we can do a review on it. Like even if we totally. can't force the others to watch it, it was that good that it deserves its own review. I, so, I'm so yes, just plan we have it'll to. probably be in about four or five weeks but watch it now so you're all ready and not spoiled correct 
Yeah. Because it totally impressed Kamey's and I so much that I I could watch it several times. Oh my gosh, well, it was so and good. And we're a fan of, uh, what's her name? It's Kim Dummy, I think. <gasps> yes, Kim Dummy, and it has Choi Wushik. Yeah, so and, we're huge oof. Kim Dummy fans now. Huge. And she was the whole reason why, you know, I mean, of course, we wanted to watch um, Itaewon class. But when I saw that she was in it, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's my girl crush right there. I know. So, we watched uh, it because of her over the other actors. It really was. Um, stellar acting is stellar acting. And it is really fun when you see an actor or an actress in a role that isn't their typical role and they aren't being typecast. And oh, you're yeah. like, she blows stuff oh. out of the water. Yeah. And anyway, I, we will save that. This is a preview to know that we will do a review for you all. It is yes. worthy. Go watch it and be ready to tell us what you think. Yep. So thanks for joining us for this episode. Feel free to send us your thoughts and feelings about the podcast. If there is a specific actor or theme you would like us to discuss, let us know. We love blogging about Asian dramas, but behind the scenes, we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you. And acting is <laughs> talking. <laughs> and talking is so much faster than typing. Not acting, because that would take a freaking long time. <laughs> we can't act. We can't. We'd be horrible at it. Oh, we can just judge other actors. <laughs> and we're good at that. We're very good at judging. Yeah. So everyone have a great week and we will see you next week. Bye.